1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. Uh, David, last week was a bit of a strange show, caught you at a, a down moment, which happens to all of us, happens to the best of us. How are you feeling now? Um,
0: as we were talking a little bit off the air, we, uh, I don't know, it comes in waves, you know, it comes in waves and um, yeah, definitely right before we were going on the air, I, my... My mouth was full of sand. <laughs> I, I completely missed the wave. Um, and I, I don't know. The best way I can describe it is it comes in waves. And, my, and, and the waves are going to be there, and I know the waves are there. The waves have been there all my life. Um, my job is to fucking catch those waves <laughs> and and ride them as long as I can and try not to fall off the fucking board. Um, so to answer the question, I feel good today. Um that will probably change sometime today, and then that will change again sometimes today and then we go on and on and on um, so I'll be fine. I am fine, but um, yeah, it sucks. I, I'm not gonna lie. it sucks, but yeah, we'll f- I'll figure it out. I've listen. I'm I'm the king of building the walls and building the things to keep me away from me, so I'll just find those things again. I'll just rebuild the wall. Like I just like I think that's the realization. I just got to rebuild some walls. That's all.
1: You haven't watched The Wire, have you? Because you remind me a bit of Jimmy McNulty, who's a a brilliant person, but. His own worst enemy at times. So anyone who's watched The Wild will get the reference. But uh, yeah, I want to say thank you all the people who reached out to us and sent us messages and tweets and DMs, uh, empathising with our situations. And uh, that makes a big difference, you know, to know that this is not something that we are suffering through alone. And we all have our, our dark days. And I think it's important to share those. So, you know, so much of social media these days, Damon, is people with this sort of immaculately carefully crafted image of perfection and people want you to think that every waking moment of their lives is glamorous and beautiful and expensive and sexy and happy and just one uninterrupted stream of joy but life's not like that so I think it's really important for everyone just to be real you know, to be honest with the people that are close to you about when things are not going so well, rather than trying to cover it up, which is no good for anyone really.
0: It's not. It's and, and and that's all just lies, right? Lies, lies and lies. Um but it's hard when you're bombarded with that a lot. Um no, yeah, that's one thing I definitely wanted to to, to mention too, Joel. Um, is that the you know, people were very kind. With their messages, and Joel would send me, felt like just about every one of them, um, and they were they were kind, and they were thoughtful, and they were, and even people like I don't have many people that that I that I follow on my dumb tri- Twitter account um, that I lock down, but even then, people were sending me stuff um, about their you know similar things, so I truly appreciated that. I mean that's I. Here's the one thing I hate the fact that anyone would have to go through what even remotely I feel like I go through (laughs) because if you do, I I I, you have my heart and soul uh, in hoping that you get better. Um, But it was it was really nice. It was not nice. I and nice is not the word. It was kind and it was um, appreciated and. Um, truly, um, it was, it was really great to see those things. Um, I don't know if you saw the one from Andrew Rich.
1: (laughs) I did. That was brilliant.
0: Andrew Rich. I love him so much. Uh, again, I've met him twice in person. Um, and I don't know, it's just something about that cat that makes me smile and, uh, he, he kills me. He he is the funniest fucking dude. <sighs> so yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I will I will not share that in mixed company. Let's put it that way. But uh, he definitely knows where to hit. He knows where he knows where to hit. He knows the soft spot on this Colossus. Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> How are we doing with the Colossi, by the way?
0: Joel, I'll have you know that as we sit here today getting ready to do a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast with no New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, in the future uh, or in the past, it seems, our uh, recent past. I am at my last Colossus. I'm at 16, and, which, is a, which is a remarkable feat for me that I've even stuck it out this long in the sense of I usually don't. I don't have the patience, the, the mental capacity uh, to do this. Well it seems like I have a lot of time. Time is on my side as the Rolling Stones would sing. Uh so I'm at this one and and, and I've I've actually gotten to the guy. So it's a little bit more difficult to get to. You got to go through these tunnels and fuck and they and this one shoots at you like these fireballs. And if you fuck up once, you're basically dead. And there's a ledge, and there's a whole. It tests everything, and then once you get to this gigantic colossus, I mean, it is it's the size of a fucking skyscraper. You got to find a way up. You got to climb up, which which I actually like that one. I like the one climbing up the walls and shit. And uh I can't beat this fucking guy. <laughs> I just. I, I find the one spot that I hit, boom, get it. And then I got to hang on to this fucker's arm and he's swinging. And I got to get – I see the other soft spot up by his shoulder. I can't get fucking get there. I always get tossed off, um, which is pretty hot. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head how you do that one. I mean, something like you stab his shoulder and then he, he- – Grasps his injured shoulder with his right. other hand, and then you right. use that to get onto his ri- wrist. Is is there something about you've got to shoot his wrist as well to make him do
0: something? Yeah, once you stab him in the shoulder, he kind of takes his other arm and brings it around to kind of hold his wound. And at that point, you got to jump onto that hand, um, kind of work your way around, and then shoot across. You get the way I saw it on the video was you got to take your bow and arrow and then shoot across. To hit him in, in the other shoulder, um, and that brings you to his head. And th- then you got to get the head back to, to the back of the head. So there's like there's uh, there's one on on the ha- on the uh, on the stomach, which makes him reach for his stomach. You jump on that hand, you climb up the shoulder, like around the forearm. Boom, you hit that point. Then you got to go on the other hand, hit him in the other shoulder, climb up around back of the head, and you got him. But you only have so much stamina like you have this little stamina bar where you're holding on and you can only hold on for a certain amount and you're getting tossed and tossed around and it's just, fuck. It's frustrating. Like, it, like it's, I've been doing it for at least an hour. And um, I, here's what I don't understand, Joel. You get a new video game. I know this, is, this, is, this has become video game uh, podcast central. But uh, you get a new video game. How do you know what to do? Like, if it weren't for these videos on YouTube, I would have no idea. On some of them, I, I figured it out myself. I, I'll be honest. Some of them, I did. But others, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck I have to do. Like, what, what the f- Like, I'd be there for hours trying to figure out just to get from point A to point B, let alone kill the fucking thing.
1: I'll try and do it by myself until there's enough friction where I feel I'm not enjoying it anymore, and then I will look up what to do. And I know there's a lot of games where people say, oh, you should play it blind, you know, don't look anything up. But I'm not that kind of person. I, I don't like the idea of me wasting hours and hours and hours trying to figure something out that I could look up and figure out in seconds. You know, uh, to, to me, the juice is not worth a squeeze. So this is just my personal experience with games. Sometimes I'd like to play looking at a map like i might get buried for this but i recently played super metroid which is one of the all-time great games and i played that with my laptop open seeing the whole map so i could see where all the secret weapons and items were i could see where to go next what to do and i enjoyed it a lot more that way i think had i tried to play it blind and figure all that stuff out by myself then I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. I think I would have found it frustrating. And, you know, I'm I'm a busy man, Dave, and I value my time. I want to get through stuff. You know, I'm not fucking speedrunning stuff, but I don't want there to, you know, I don't want to get lost or confused or frustrated. I want to enjoy myself when I'm playing a game.
0: That's exactly it. I think you nailed it right on the head. Um, But here's the thing, too. So I'm watching this guy's video, and he's like, you know, he's seen or has played. He's like, Oh, yeah, this is my first walk time, walk through through this thing. Blah, blah 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 blah. I don't know where I'm going, anybody he, he knows exactly where to go. He, you know, all his random guesses are spot on. Oh, maybe if I go over to this wall, maybe it'll fall down at an angle. If I if the colossus comes over and knocks, I'm like, What the? Fuck? And of course, it happens perfectly every shot perfect. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't fuck up once. It's just like, alright, we get it. You fucking played this a thousand times. This is not your first time. That I hated him doing the, actually, more than, more than the frustration of not doing it right. But, yes. Um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Unbelievable game. And, again, the one thing I will take out of this pandemic that is positive is uh, uh, this video game. It is a it is a piece of art, and I love it. Um, and I wish I—I—I'm I, actually hoping that I have that. There's there's another game out there. Like I, I kind of treat it like music, in the sense of I know there's shit that that has probably been released in the '60s and '70s and '80s that I've never heard, and that amazes me that there's a song out there that that my ears have yet to hear that. It's going to be amazing that how did I never hear the song and how did I not know of this band? And that happens every every once in a while. Every once in a while it does. So I'm hoping that happens here too. So great, great recommendation by Joel and a great time by all. And um, pro wrestling, pro wrestling, pro wrestling. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'll try and think of some other suggestions for you when you finish that that I think you would enjoy. And I'll tell you what, now you finish finished the game. Maybe you're not going to get as deep into the geek hole as me, but you might be interested in just dipping into some Shadow of the Colossus speedruns. Like, I've just looked at one here. There's this... uh, I mentioned it before, this company called Games Done Quick, and they do charity speedruns. And just the top result here, someone beat the game in 37 minutes. So I always find that enjoyable after I finish the game. You know, so I might spend like 20 hours on something, banging my head against the wall, finding it really challenging. And then just to watch someone... Absolutely melt through the game Like a a hot knife through butter Just destroying it in like half an hour Just blows my mind So that's something that uh, you might do afterwards But uh, yeah, I'll think of some more suggestions For you for future Video game talk segments Um, Now On to wrestling Oh, there's wrestling? (laughs) Well (laughs) I say wrestling, I mean we promised Or or we, we said last week That today uh, we're going to talk about a cheesy, low-budget, embarrassing excuse for a movie starring a group of washed-up wrestlers about how fake and stupid wrestling is that only, only uh, idiotic, gullible kids would believe they're a ridiculous product on offer. We're also going to talk about My Dad as a Heel Wrestler next week, but uh, yeah, first of all, <laughs> WrestleMania, what did you think, Damon? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: um, yeah, did, uh, look... I'm torn. I'm, I'm, I am I'm torn. Um, because on the one side of the coin, you have a company that produced product under the most trying and difficult situation. Pro wrestling works best when there are people that react to what is happening. And when that's not there, it is glaringly obvious that it is missing a huge element. Um, and... Add to that that this is their biggest show of the year, which is always a massive, spectacular. Uh, on the grandest, the granddaddy of them all, as they say. So, uh, they I, I know that they wanted to have a lot of eyes watching. I don't know if that's the case. From what I understand, that's not really the case. But um, it was something. It was new. Um, and I think there was a lot of elements of people watching to be like, okay, how in the fuck are they going to pull this off? Um, I watched drips and drabs. I didn't watch all of it by any stretch. I watched uh, a handful of things, but the handful of things that I did see, it did not, it was not for me. Uh, Look, I am very much under the... Uh, team of pro wrestling comes in many colors, shapes, and sizes. And where you find enjoyment in pro wrestling, who am I to sit there and fucking poke fun at you? But I'll tell you flat out, that was not for me <laughs>
1: at all. all right, let's, let's get to specifics, statement. What <laughs> okay. did you see? And let's okay. break it down. I want an uh, in-depth discussion about each part of WrestleMania that you saw. That I saw.
0: I saw... Uh, well, let's start at the top, shall we? Uh, I saw from front to end, beginning to end, the Boneyard match, Graveyard match, the cinematic classic that is the Boneyard match. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, by a new band called Sports Team. It's really good Help. Um... Here's the thing. The Undertaker is at a point in his life where he can't perform in ring at a optimal level anymore. That is a thing of the past. So what they did was they created smoke and mirrors to the nth degree in this match. To take away from his shortcomings, they did everything in their power to create something that that man did not have to get into a ring in front of an empty training center and expose him for what he is now. Right? So they created this film, this short film. And that's what you watched. You watched a short film, a a condensed version of an a cheesy action film to take the place of a pro wrestling match. Uh, again, it was it, it 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 that was not pro wrestling for me. To, it it was pro wrestling, but it was it was a shade that was not on my color spectrum. Let's put it that way. It's it it's it is so far removed from what i would feel pro wrestling is and what i enjoy pro wrestling as that i kind of just shook my head and just watched in amazement at what what i was seeing in front of me
1: i thought it was really interesting the fact we're seeing something like this uh, a couple of weeks after we reviewed the ganujima Deathmatch with yeah. uh, Inoki and Saito Because they're not Worlds apart really I would say that the Ganryujima, uh Ujima Deathmatch at least Had wrestling involved I don't think the Boneyards Match was wrestling It was a bad movie About pro wrestlers And I understand why people Liked it because one People are starved for wrestling Because they're all stuck at home And two it had like a, a cheesiness and a campness to it It was silly You could kind of suspend your disbelief And enjoy it for the trash that it was And get some sort of novel enjoyment out of it And it's like I said about the, the Island death match. I said, this is not good By any stretch of the imagination This is, this is bad television This is bad to watch But I kind of liked it because it was different So I'm sure there are plenty of people who are in that camp With this Boneyard match And you know, to some extent, the Firefly Funhouse, where they thought, you know, this is this features pro wrestlers that I like, and it's funny and silly and camp, and it's different, and I enjoy it for the novelty of it. That's fine. What I cannot stand, Damon, are all these people firing off their hot takes on Twitter saying this and the Firefly Funhouse. No. This was the best match, this was the best professional wrestling match I've ever seen This was pure art, this was genius No it wasn't, it was not That's where I've got to draw the line of the sand If someone is giving me that take without a shred of irony at face value I'm sorry to go all Emily Pratt but you need to watch more films If you watch <laughs> that and you thought that was legitimately good Then you're lost unfortunately so that's that's where my annoyance starts, where people start trying to tell me that no, actually that was genius, and trying to explain it, writing all these articles saying how brilliant it was. Come on, just pump the brakes there a bit. That's that's what irritated me, Damon. And like you say about the Undertaker, what a damning indictment on WWE's inability to make legitimate new stars that they need to use all those smoke and mirrors to jazz up a guy who should have retired years ago. Yeah. I mean, but
0: let but, I me mean, let me ask you this, and I agree with you one hundred percent. Like, stop trying to be an art critic. Like that. There's that's that that was not great. It was I don't know. I mean, I let's put it this way. I don't want pro wrestling to go that route. And we and you've seen that with the Hardys with their little compound things that they did. And you've seen it a f- quite a few times now, right. with, But with sorry, the- that
1: was f- tongue firmly in cheek with that final deletion thing. That right. had a level of self-awareness where they knew it was ridiculous and didn't draw anything. You know, is no one is watching that or this? You know, casual. I, I've heard all oh, my casual fan friends watched it and they really liked it. Let's make no mistake here. They are laughing at this. Right. They are not. They are not thinking. Oh, I can't wait to see what these guys are going to do on Monday Night Raw tomorrow. I'm definitely tuning in for that. They watch it, they laugh at it, they shake their heads. Oh, look at that ridiculous pro wrestling, and then they forget about it immediately. So let's also not get our wires crossed and think that this is going to start bringing new fans into pro wrestling because it is not right. I, but here's the th- but
0: I also truly believe that they did that match to get through the night. You know what I mean? Like that. That is not a match where. They're hoping people tune in to see what happened to AJ Styles and what happened to Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. Are they dead? A- He's dead. AJ
1: Styles is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. His hand. His hand, yeah. his hand came out, out of the
0: ground. His hand came out of the ground.
1: His hand
0: came out of the ground. So I I truly believe that they did this thing where uh, again they were able to hide a lot of lot of flaws. If let, let's put it this way. Do you think that match uh is a better option or was a better option even if they had 70,000 people in Tampa, Florida for WrestleMania? Like would you rather have seen that boneyard match the way that it was presented or a regular pro wrestling match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles in front of 70,000 people?
1: I'm- Wouldn't want to see either. Like I said, I think Undertaker should have hung up his boots many, many years ago. But it's a straight choice between an actual professional wrestling match. Yeah, I would have preferred the wrestling match just from the morbid curiosity of thinking how is a guy, uh, a talented worker like AJ Styles, you know, maybe with his best years behind him, but how a guy like AJ Styles could work around Undertaker's physical limitations of what kind of professional wrestling match that would look like to me once you start doing something like the the boneyard match which is not a professional wrestling match and you're using editing and camera tricks and all that right. stuff then that's where I lose interest because like, I, I, other people have said it before there's a great piece on voices of wrestlingcom by Neil David who I think is one of the best wrestlers they have uh, best writers they have on that site who said you know if I want to be entertained by pro wrestling I want to watch pro wrestling. I don't want to watch a, a bad movie kind of tangentially related to pro wrestling featuring pro wrestlers. I want to see wrestling. I want to see two guys in a ring have a wrestling match.
0: Right. I agree, I agree with that 100%. And I, and I kind of leave my life that way in the sense of if I want to watch a comedy, I'm not turning on pro wrestling. If I want to watch a comedy, I'm going to watch a comedy. If I want a pizza, I don't... Like, a, like, a, like. I hate substitute things. Like... Cauliflower rice. Get the fuck up the street. Just get regular fucking rice. Cauliflower rice. You know what I mean? Like, I just hate these substitute yeah, Don't things. call it rice. Just call it grated cauliflower. Thank you. Right. Thank you. And and by no stretch, that was not... That was... A, I, I, you can't call that a pro wrestling match. That's not a pro wrestling match. That is a... Like, if you want to tell me that's, that's the greatest mini film I've ever seen, I'll laugh at you, right? <laughs> but 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 put it in the right fucking bucket. Because that's not a pro wrestling match. It's just not. It's a fight scene, is what you saw. Right? Like if you're gonna sit there and and say, that was one of the greatest pro wrestling matches I've ever seen as you shine up your 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 fake WWE title. <laughs> That you carry around don't with you, t- <laughs> right? That you carry around with you, uh, like you're the champion. Um, yeah, uh, you, you know, if, if you want to say it's the fucking best mini thing, I've, I don't. All right. worry, again, you'd be wrong, but okay. But put it in the right fucking bucket. It's not a pro wrestling match. Um, and again, I've said it before: pro wrestling comes in many shapes and colors and 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 forms and. This was presented on, you know, on what is loosely a pro wrestling show. They'll go out of your, their way to tell you it's not pro wrestling, but okay. Uh, it's 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 really far down the spectrum for me. I gotta be honest with you. That that was like I'm sitting there with Cheryl and she's just looking at me like, what the fuck are they doing?
1: <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? one of those moments where you're embarrassed to be a pro wrestling fan.
0: Yep. I absolutely was. I absolutely. But here's here's the thing. Here's two, two things, too. One, Joe, how were they allowed to even do that? Like, again, uh, I'll say it again. I can't have more than two people in my own fucking house. Uh, how are they getting the production crew and the cameras and the lighting and 15 fucking druids and, uh, you know, everybody and their mother on set? how did how how exactly
1: did we pull that one off it's almost as if the person in charge of the country has got giving some sort of preferential treatment towards Vince McMahon (laughs) (laughs) I can't think why
0: (laughs) you know I mean didn't that seem strange to fucking anybody that they were able to pull this off how where are the police
1: where are the police shutting this fucking thing Someone down? should have called it in. Just reported that it just be like, oh, and there's a gathering of way more than 10 people here.
0: Yep. Get the
1: feds <laughs> in, shut it down. All right. Shut this fucking thing
0: down. I, like, that's, I, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I haven't left the house in fucking three weeks. And these motherfuckers got a whole production set, uh, Pyro and you name it. How, how, I, what? Okay. That's number one. Uh, what else did I say? All right, so so we did not like the yard match, uh, the the Firefly Funhouse. Joe, I'm going to be br- brutally honest with you. I watched fucking four minutes of it and I had to turn it off. I just was just like, this is again. This this was like that. Like Undertaker was like bad Sons of Anarchy. This was like bad. Twin Peaks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, and for 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 people who have never watched a Twin Peaks episode, that would be like me <laughs> being like, "All right, Damon, here's what I need for you to do. Here's the camera, and I want you to make it as as uh, David Lynch as possible." And like me, probably had having seen three minutes of David Lynch things, I'd be like, "Oh, you want it to be this way?" That's that's what it felt like to me. Um, once again, just not. Pro wrestling comes in different shapes and, and, and colors. Uh, that was just I couldn't say I couldn't. Let's I I made it through the boneyard match with my tongue planted firmly in my cheek. I couldn't I couldn't get through the funhouse match. Uh, I I turned it right off and I was like I would rather watch a a a documentary about a nineteen eighty five. National Football League team, then watch that. <laughs> that's that's where I was that evening.
1: I'm a big fan of the Laps Lapsham Wrestling podcast, and here's a quote that they read, which I think is very, very apt for this match, which is by Jean Baudrillard. He says, "Post-modernity is said to be a culture of fragmentary sensations, eclectic nostalgia, disposable simulacra, and promiscuous superficiality, in which the traditionally valued qualities of depth." Coherence, meaning, originality, and authenticity are evacuated or dissolved amid the random swirl of empty signals. And Damon, for me, that Firefly Fun, Firefly Funhouse match was the epitome of a random swirl of empty signals. It had everything on that checklist. It was uh, just. Nostalgia Pops, hey, remember this? Remember when John Cena dressed up like this? Oh, do you remember when John Cena was being a rapper? Oh, do you remember the NWO? It's not related to John Cena or Bray Wyatt, but here it is anyway. Oh, look, here's a little doll of Vince McMahon. It was just these random collection of images. And I'm sorry, if you're the kind of person who has felt the urge to write an in-depth explanatory piece breaking down, a deep dive explaining the symbolism of the Firefly Funhouse you need to take a long, hard look at yourself and the choices you've made in your life, because there, <laughs> there, there's better things to do. You are you are literally wasting your life. So again, like the people who are trying to tell me that this is some kind of cinematic genius, fuck off! <laughs> just what a load of shit that was. Just empty, just empty, just complete superficial surface level nostalgia pandering, pretending to be some kind of deep and meaningful piece of art you know at least the boneyard match knew what it was you know it was a piece of kind of grindhouse schlock horror trash but this you know the person who made it i assume it was largely done by bro Wyatt, a guy who like you said probably probably not actually sat down to watch an entire david lynch film probably someone's told him about David Lynch films, or he's watched some highlights of David Lynch films on YouTube, and is thinking, oh, yeah, yeah I, I can do that. I'm a, a smart and deep-thinking, philosophical guy. I, I can definitely make something like that with wrestling. And, you know, all these people jerking themselves off about how clever and meaningful and symbolic they think it is, and it's not. It was, it was absolute, really... utter shit. It really was. And here's the
0: thing. A global pandemic does not give you... Does, you know, it, it's not an excuse to then uh find meaning in things that really aren't there <laughs> right? it's that's not an
1: excuse to do that i mean i uh, do it sometimes we do it. you know little moments of a big new japan main event and we say oh look that's a callback that's to show naito's uh inner turmoil as he's struggling to con- uh, reconcile ellen gobernable with this stardust genius But at least that speculation is taking place within the context of a pro-wrestling match with two pro-wrestlers doing wrestling moves to each other in a wrestling ring! What are we talking about? Right. Right. Right!
0: Ah, But even with all that said, even with all that said, Joel, they... Look, they there's a, a there's a part of me that appreciates the fact that they tried, and there's a part to talk about. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's well number one. I appreciate that. I appreciate that the, the fact that their biggest show of the year was was on thin ice. Truth be told, I would have preferred them just kind of pushing it, moving it, doing it later. I don't know. I don't know what the logistics would have been. Uh, but you would have a seventy something year old billionaire. Who is pretty stuck in his ways, <laughs> and he was gonna he was gonna make it happen no matter what, pal. So this is this is what you got. I also saw, just for history's sake, I saw uh, Edge and Orton bumbling their way through a brawl backstage. Oh,
1: god. oh my god! <laughs> I it's see Thirty-six that. minutes of my life I'll never get back, David. <laughs> I know. Wasn't wasn't that just the Pits. Yeah, the pits is The pits is a great, great term The pits <laughs> it, it was uh, so look. It's just so depressing and miserable Seeing these guys just stumbling around You know, warehouse And these back rooms just uh, Punching each other in the shoulders And grunting at each other And also it made me nervous because you know We're in a, a time and a place where We're very sensitive about what we touch. Anytime I go out of the house, I'm, you know, if I touch a door handle, okay, shit, I've got to get the antibacterial hand gel. Try not to touch anything if I can. You know, bits of tissue if I'm opening this or that. And these guys were just rubbing their dirty, sweaty hands and faces and bodies over everything. And it it just made me really uncomfortable. And I was just thinking, I hope someone is going... Afterwards, and like scrubbing down everything they touch with some disinfectant, because you, you got to be careful, Damon. Yeah, I, I look, this is pro wrestling, and correct me
0: if I'm wrong, Joel, but there have been plenty, plenty of rumors about people who were sick, people who, when they were taping all this shit, people that were sick, people that were asked to leave and not participate, and. All kinds of stuff, all kinds of things that you heard um, around WWE talent. That uh, I mean, the biggest the biggest problem is that with this virus is that you know you could be a carrier and not have show any symptoms and just pass it along and pass it along and pass it along and that's um, one of the big things that. That the the social distancing has has taught us is that you know that's that's a huge that's a huge issue. Um, and yeah, you're right. They're just they're 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 sweating and running into every piece of furniture in there.
1: <laughs> I mean, God forbid. like imagine if Orton or Edge tested positive for COVID nineteen after that, they'd have right? to burn down the entire performance center for the stuff that they touched during that match. <laughs> Seriously, do they, they have to do they, they would have to light it on fire. Um, let me ask you this. We could probably build that into uh, The Fiend, one of his next <laughs> matches. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I, look, I'm very happy that I don't do a WWE podcast. Let's put it that way. Uh, that We say that, that, but we've been discussing it for about half an hour. I know, I know. <laughs> what, what are we going to do? Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm very happy at that, at that, that I, I don't have to do it. Uh, let me ask you this, though. After... I forget what night of Mania. I did pop it back on. It might have been after the Boneyard match, actually. Um, they did a documentary um, on. Um, oh, my God. I'm, I fucking forget the guy. The guy who just won the fucking title. <laughs> um, uh, who just won Drew the title? Mcintyre. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. I'm sorry. Drew McIntyre. Uh, they did a, a documentary on him. And all the weeks leading up to Mania and him, you know, you know, finding out that the show was going to, you know, going to be uh, in a performance center and all all that stuff. All the stuff that led up to where they were. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. They do. That company does some of the best documentaries things, behind the curtain things. Uh, I was watching one with Kofi Kingston, of all fucking people, uh, that I thought was great. I saw one with Edge where he was at at uh Rogers Centre, Maple, you know, were, we're, Toronto Maple Leafs. He's a huge Maple Leafs fan. Massive Maple Leafs fan. And and his love of that team watching that. They do great. They do when they do that shit, they hit a fucking home run. It's everything else they touch that I can't stand.
1: I have to say, I mean, I, I watched both nights, and some of the in-ring stuff I thought was was pretty good by their standards. I I enjoyed, uh, what did I enjoy? Some of the women's matches were really good. Uh, Charlotte against Rhea Ripley, that was a good match. You know, very hard-hitting, very snug. Um, the ladder match I thought was decent. The even I was surprised the Seth Rollins Kevin Owens match was good. So I actually uh, applauded some of the in-ring stuff. I thought it was decent, but just where they started to you know get. Too cute, too clever for their own good. That's when I thought things fell apart a bit. But it was memorable, at least. So I'll give them that, and it's given us something to talk about and avoid <laughs> talking about New Japan because uh, you know what what have we got today. New Japan events cancelled until May the fourth. Oh. Taku cancelled, oh. but but it did say in the article that they are considering the possibility of doing an empty arena show. Now, I. Put a Twitter poll asking people: Would you like to see NJPW empty arena shows? Three hundred twenty-seven votes so far. Yes, fifty point two percent. No, forty-nine point eight percent. So it's basically split right down the middle on whether or not people want to see NJPW empty arena shows. And you know, there's some really interesting comments. Some people have made some good points about this. a lot of people pointing out quite rightly that you know one of the most important things about watching wrestling is the crowds. Other people are just so starved for New Japan that they will just take anything, even if it is empty arena. Uh, I think I know where you sit on the fence, uh, which side of the fence. But uh, yeah, tell us your thoughts on this.
0: I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no empty arena. Uh, look, look, uh, as much as I am in pain. And in, uh, I'm, I'm struggling with everything that is going on in the world, and I do need that diversion. And I, and number one on that list would be New Japan Pro Wrestling. If we've learned anything in these past couple weeks, is that empty arena segments, shows, events just do not land. They just do not. They, they're, they're. It just it just doesn't really work well. Um, now I will say that New Japan hasn't put their spin on it, um, and and it, they might be able to pull it off. But everything I've seen from Noah to All Japan recently had a show. Um, that was empty arena. All the WWE stuff, the AEW stuff. It's just not. It's not something that hits the mark for me, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote no. Um, and here's the thing too: you're gonna bring. How would that look? What would that look like? I mean, they're having trouble bringing people in. And I, didn't I sit here and say, Joel? And I'm, I'm speaking specifically about Will Osprey. He, that guy can't get back into Japan right now. we still in England. Didn't I say him leaving, going to that Rev Pro show in front of no one it was a bad idea? Didn't I say that? Stay the fuck home. You know, you can't get back home. Uh, so I'm going no. How about you, Joe? What are you thinking? What are you thinking on this?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the negatives outweigh the positives if we're talking about the prospects, One, I don't like it. I don't like the aesthetics. It's depressing. Um, I just, every time I watch these empty arena shows I just get uh, Hello darkness my old friend Sort of playing in my head As a background theme uh, It's not safe is it There's a reason why people are being asked to stay at home um, Like you say Foreign wrestlers can't get in So I'm sure they wouldn't be able to work with a full roster There's no TV deal for New Japan So it's not like they're under any obligation To churn out content To uh, satisfy contractual obligations And I just think Just keep it off the table, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder and all that, and just think that comeback show, when they've got a full crowd, is going to be amazing, that's going to be like one of the best moments of the year, if not in you know, New Japan history to have this amazing feel good moment fingers crossed when everything gets back to normal so I would want to save that and don't um, spoil that by trying to have empty arena shows, which I just think are more trouble than they're worth. so use this opportunity to Dig into the back catalogue of New Japan World I, I'm not sitting here thinking oh I've got to cancel my subscription because there's so much stuff out there That I haven't seen or stuff I want to rewatch." That I welcome The opportunity and the time to be able To do that and as, um, I, I think as well New Japan deserve credit for being for, for setting a good example when all these Other companies that to be fair You know financially they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth So they are absolutely desperate and Them running Uh, An empty arena show or not running an empty arena show Could be the difference between life and death For them as companies but uh, New Japan I think have done Well not to I don't want to say lower themselves To get in the muck with the other Companies that are doing these empty arena shows But they're setting a good example At least and uh, someone said on Twitter, it was Mike McGuire on Twitter, said, "In all seriousness, this is the perfect time for them to do a match or two on Gary Ujima Island again. So, <laughs> get the helicopter out and <laughs> let's do something like that."
0: That's what I. That's what I was saying. It was like, you know, let's get, let's get the island death matches rocking again." Um, and I will say this, and I agree with you in the sense of, there's a lot of content on that on that New Japan World, um, and and I bitch and moan about. You know, the stuff that's not on there a lot and there is a ton that's not on there and I'm gonna be honest I can't cannot go th- through this without mentioning it but there is still a ton of stuff that is on it and they keep churning they, they keep churning out content um again whether it's something that I'm gonna sit and watch um, okay some of it I, I probably won't let's put it that way it's not for me but and there's plenty of people that would um, and they, and they they're constantly churning out content. And everything seems to be good and interesting for the most part, except that stupid podcast that they do. It's That's terrible. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, uh, it's uh, – look, they're trying. They're trying hard and every, every one of them, every one of those companies is trying hard uh, to, 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 to keep subscribers and keep people in – in the mix, keep people engaged in their product. It's hard. I get it. But yeah, I agree 100%. Save it. Save it for that return because yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, And when they do come back, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to come back with a bang. So fingers crossed sooner than later, but we got a little ways to go, I think. And uh, yeah, I, I I actually didn't know that they canceled the shows um, officially until you, you just said, Um, I didn't check my phone before I I got in um, to record. So that's – look, we knew those those shows were going to be on thin ice, right? But it is a little bit – when you see it finally scratched off your notepad, right? (laughs) There's Don Taco. So what's next? What's next on the crosshairs, Joel? Uh, Best of the Super Juniors?
1: Yeah, I would be very surprised if that goes ahead. I think you know from being optimistic – Dominion would be a good thing to aim for Or uh, In the new weekly uh, weekly Pro issue, Takaki Kidani Said, and I quote The industry will gather for an all-star Event in the summer, so Maybe you have all these Companies holding off, and then you have One huge pro-rest Comeback show where all the companies Are f- featuring together What do you think of that idea? I like it um,
0: I mean, I think it's it would be great to do something spectacular, and Japanese pro wrestling does have a, a great history in doing that. When tragedies and and events of this nature occur, occur well, my voice just popped. Occur um, when they occur, it's uh, they do come together as they have in the past. So that would be awesome. I would be happy with that. That would be that would be actually really good. I I, I mean, you know, look, can we not do? Well, they'll do the multi-man tag, and I don't give a shit. Do the multi-man tags. Who cares?
1: Um, like big main event: Kaz Vegeta against Tai Chi. No touching. <laughs> right, One right. hour time limit. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, that,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm I'm for any and all options put on the table at this point. Um, when for a comeback show, it'd be great. Yeah, I think I think again, the next one's in the crosshairs is, is Best of the Super Junior, which. Um, they do bring in a lot of foreign talent, so that one's going to be difficult. Um, do, uh, sports in general, especially in the States, um, NBA, NHL, and all that, they're coming up with like plans of trying to run shows in areas of the country where the virus really isn't prevalent um, and very remote. So for, as an example, there's been talk of the NHL actually holding their playoffs in like Fargo, North Dakota. But for those who don't know what the fuck a Fargo and what North Dakota is, it is the middle of the country in the upper toward Canada – uh, There's not a lot there, right? It's, it is barren wasteland for most of North Dakota. And then you have Fargo, which is a city that's, uh, you know, let's be honest here. It's not really a city. Uh, but they have the infrastructure. It's a big hockey area to be able to do that. The NBA uh, talking about, like, a, an area in Arizona, again, Logistics aside diseases you know spread all that let's 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 take that out. I'm excited at least a glimmer of hope of something like that happening
1: sorry I was gonna ask do you
0: think New Japan would do something like that where I <sighs> think can they just buy a fucking island like UFC <laughs> buy the same island. <laughs> Can we do the Evil Island gimmick for 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 Bushi Road? Buy an island and just have pro wrestling matches on it.
1: So basically, like the the plot of Mortal Kombat or Enter right. the Dragon. Right, right. You need right. to have some sort of evil overlord in charge. Like I want to see Ghetto, you know, in a, like a long flowing robe, <laughs> huge moustache, you know, right. dro- droopy moustache, little hat, evil cackle. You must fight to the death. You know that kind of aesthetic. That's what right. I think we need to go for.
0: Right. that would be awesome I mean that's what we're looking for I think I think uh, at the end of the day all these billionaire sports leagues uh will just wind up buying they'll, they'll be NFL island and they'll have games there and they'll be NHL island and they'll just have games there and you know everybody will have that will buy their own island so that they can they can have their own events. Uh, that's how we're going to get through this. That's that's this is it's going to be island death matches for all supporting endeavors. Um, I can't wait for cricket island, Ugh,
1: cricket. <laughs> I was reading stuff about a, a proposed finish to the English Premier League season. It just sounded horrific, like absolute dystopian, like fucking Hunger Games style football with uh, all the. Uh, football teams in like these isolated quarantine training camps, and you have the cameramen and the officials as well taken away from their families, and everything's played behind closed doors. It just sounds horrible. I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure I'm not alone, but just I've got no interest in seeing that kind of stuff. I just fucking wait. Watch some old TV. Watch some old wrestling, and be patient until everything's blown over, and then we can, you know, wait in the pub, have a pint <laughs> until everything's back to normal. Wow, well, wouldn't can't go be to great. the be
0: yeah, wouldn't that be great? That uh, just saying those words, just having a pint at the pub. When uh, remember those days, Joe. Remember, remember those fucking days. Mother mm, mm, mm. All right, where? Uh, what uh, do we have? Any other pro wrestling news to talk about uh, when it comes to New Japan? Well, Nothing else. Was, it? I
1: mean, we talked about it last week. We uh, preempted it, but it's official now that New Japan have elected to postpone the ticket pre-sale. And on sale dates for Wrestle Dynasty to Wednesday, May 13th and Friday, May 15th, respectively. So, no surprises there. We talked about that last week. It seems like a sensible move to me. It is. Uh, my biggest
0: concern now is okay, let's say somebody says, okay, this is all clear. We're all good. We're, you know, every. It, it, Look, there's a part of me that's like, I'm going to every fucking Motley Crue Poison concert in the United States, and I'm just going to fucking go balls out <laughs> this summer like no, one, no one's business. Uh, and then there's another side of me that's like, do I really want to be in an arena with 18,000 other people that I'm not really quite sure of what they've been doing? Uh that's my that's my biggest fear. I hope that people get get past that fear because I think that's going to be important for for everything. I'm I'm leaning on the side of people are if if, if they have some inkling of safety and uh, health that tickets will will move pick, tickets will will pick up and again somebody's got to be first. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm a little worried about ticket sales though I'll, I'll be very truthful I'm a, little, I'm a little worried no matter when they do this until people get the all clear it's going to be hard to move tickets for fucking anything at this point
1: Changing direction here many many weeks ago I remember we ended up talking about Jim Cornette and him talking about someone having a poo and recording audio of that and you said that you know, sometimes you find Jim Cornette... You, not that you agree with what he says, but you find him entertaining to listen to, right?
0: Um, you, I, I'm to not answer trying your to... Question, yeah, you yeah, yeah, you're here, trying to... Yeah. Don't
1: fucking put me on I <laughs> I don't, I don't want to like, on a, Would you like to hear what Jim Cornette has to say about New Japan for a wrestling?
0: Sure. Let's Okay, it.
1: right. I'm going to send it to you on WhatsApp. we can right. get your live reaction to Jim Cornette on njpw what is the big man got to say about our favorite pro wrestling promotion you got it
0: i have it right here uh this is it here we go oh god almighty <sighs> all right this is a quote apparently
1: well you can listen show. to it you can you can listen oh i, to can, the uh, video I, I
0: oh i'm sorry okay um let me go back then sorry this is a great audio for everyone my bad uh there's the whatsapp i can listen to it. Is this, this it right here where it says eraser head? <laughs> no, no, the, the tweet. <laughs> Eraserhead is me. <laughs> my hair's
1: out of control. <laughs> but yeah, go back to the tweet, the right. video of the tweet. All right, all right, okay.
0: I'm sorry, my bad. Right, there it is, okay. It comes. And emotion and reasoning is and fucking promos, and we want to have a little fun in the context, fun in wrestling in the context of the presentation of a bunch of wild-ass personalities having a fight. There's plenty of fun there. Well, and everybody's going to say, "Well, why don't you ask New Japan?" Because we don't want a, a bunch of fucking interchangeable Japanese guys who we cannot understand what the fuck words are coming oh, out of their mouth. Christ. Doing fucking wrestling, we want Americans that we understand what their passion and emotion and reasoning is, and oh. promos. And we want to have a little fun, <laughs> in the context fun in wrestling, in the context Christ. Of the <laughs> Why me i uh, you know <laughs> what the fuck oh my god I, 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 I'm fucking speechless man
1: are you surprised like, uh,
0: I, I mean a little bit a little i mean it's i'm 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 i am i'm actually speechless what a fucking horrible take that is. <sighs> what? I mean, this is New Japan Pro Wrestling at its core. At its fucking core is the simplest thing to understand. I I feel like I can get anyone who's never watched pro wrestling in their life could pick up in Five minutes what the issues are in the ring in the fucking ring isn't this what he complains about all the time isn't this what like why nameless faceless why because they, they, they why Jim because they all look the same is that what we're trying to say is that what the fuck we're trying to say Right, exactly. What so are we, we trying to say here?
1: We don't want a bunch of fucking interchangeable Japanese guys who we cannot understand what the fuck words are coming out of their mouth doing fucking wrestling. Jim Cornette, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a guy.
0: God fucking damn it. God damn it. Why? I, I, that's just. <sighs> I mean. There's there's dumb, and then there is just fucking asinine. And that goes beyond asinine. And I don't throw around words like racist a, a, a lot. <laughs> That's, but holy fucking shit, Jim. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Well, that's that. Is, is this is this where I just officially go? I'm done. Is, is is this it? Is this is this the breaking point? Is this the breaking point of? Oh, yeah. But the art is there, <laughs> right? Like the mid- <laughs> okay, like, right like, a big
1: piece for voices and wrestling. My my complicated relationship with Jim Cornette.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is this is this where is this where I I officially hop off that, I, you know, it's funny because I just downloaded a whole sh- fucking torrent of midnight express shit
1: <laughs> like hours and hours. So, Dave, I want you to do it live on the show. I want you to cancel Jim Cornette.
0: Yeah. Jimbo. Sorry. And not that he gives a fuck, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're done here. Right. I think, I think, uh, I think that that quote alone, we're, we're kind of, we're
1: done here. We're done. A proud moment for the Super J cast. All right, let's move on. So uh, speaking of all the tournaments uh, on island. And I, and I will death. say this. And I'm sorry. Before you go on, because
0: I, uh, he won't be mentioned on the show again. Let's put it that way. Let's. Let, can we g- agree to that? I don't care what yes. he does. I don't care what he says. I don't care... What fucking shtick he, he's, he's doing, I don't – he's not mentioned on the show again. He's, he... You're right.
1: I, I wouldn't have brought this up unless we're in the middle of a global pandemic with no fucking wrestling <laughs> right. to talk about.
0: Right. I just wanted
1: to get a reaction out of you. But there we go. Jim Cornette officially canceled by the Super J cast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. All right. Let's move on then. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about island tournaments. I, you know me. I love a good tournament. Like I said, Mortal Kombat, uh, the Kumite from Bloodsport, Enter the Dragon, the FA Cup, uh, the the Pride tournaments, early UFC stuff. There's nothing better than a good single elimination tournament. And one tournament that I've never actually sat down to watch was the Super J Cup 1994, which is a really historic event. So we decided for our classic watch along that we're going to, I guess, spread this out over three weeks. So this week we'll talk about the first round and Next week, we'll talk about the second rounds. And then on the third week, we'll talk about the semifinals and finals, I guess, right? Uh, what were your memories of Super Jacob? How did you experience it at the time? Because you were following the product back then, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, as much as we could, because, again, everything was, was videotaped. So I've said it a million times here, but, you know, it, we weren't really able to follow along chronologically. Um, and get things in order. You will get tapes in batches and, and and trade with who you could to get shit and all that stuff. So uh, Super Jacob was one of those holy grails for tape traders. That was a gateway for so many people um, getting into not only New Japan not only you know the bigger promotions, but even the smaller promotions, um, and getting into tape trading and, and getting heavily involved in getting to know who those people are in that tournament. Um, it was also a huge launching point for a lot of people's careers because keep in mind, at that time, you were still in big man mode, right? You needed to be jacked, and you needed to be uh, you know six foot. 11 and you know you needed to look like a super heavyweight for you to get any type of recognition or fame or uh, uh, you know big money in pro wrestling and that tournament even though it was it was a new Japan pro wrestling event the people that were there all had a chip on their shoulder because they were some of the best workers in the co- in the world at that time. All in the same tournament, but all kind of looking for, you know, a a a brighter future, a bigger payday, um, you know, a a solid spot at a uh, at a time when, you know, those things weren't really given to people of that size, um, and that skill level, really. So it was it was one of those things where you knew everybody had a chip on their shoulder, across the board. Uh, you had Liger, who was at the, the peak, um, and then you had all these other guys that you you, you might have heard of, but you never really saw, uh, but you would hear written about in The Observer and, and other places about how great they were. So it was all – all these people all were in one tournament, in one spot. Um, yeah, so it was a holy grail for, for, for people in – you know, pro wrestling fans in the early 90s and even mid 90s and late 90s and it was a great launching point for people so yeah f- a lot of great memories um you know getting that videotape those videotapes uh that was that was one of them that you- everybody went out of their way to get Joel everybody went out of their way to get um and it was a f- and and I, I to me Not only at the time that I think it was great. And I watched it so many fucking times on that. I still remember that VCR to this fucking day. uh, Watching that tape. Um, I think it holds up even watching it now. And I mean, I I really feel like this stuff is... Again, remember, this is 1994. A lot of you people weren't even fucking born. Uh, 1994. And it holds up today. And I think it's, I think it's saying something.
1: Yeah, I was asking around, asking people. You know, is this a tournament that you should sort of just dip into, watch the, the key matches, or watch the whole thing? And everyone said, sit down and watch the whole thing. And I've only watched the first round so far, but it's such an easy watch. You know, each there's six first round matches. None of them, I don't, I think, go over ten minutes. And they just fly by. And when I got to the end of the six matches, I was like, fuck, I want to watch the rest of it now. I couldn't wait. And it was just a real pleasure to just sit down, watch an hour of wrestling. And it, it, it's aged brilliantly. I mean, I'm not watching this thinking... you know, Other matches we've watched where you know, things like a, a lariat or a suplex is getting an amazing reaction from the crowd. Some of the work here, I'm, I'm seeing stuff that I've never seen before. So... It was just a real treat for me to actually finally get the time to sit down and appreciate it. So if you're listening and you haven't watched it before, I strongly, strongly urge you to make time for it and enjoy it because it's really something special.
0: I agree. It's it's it, it's lived up to the hype for all these years uh, for a reason. And, and to me, it's one of those things where, especially when we talk about the history of, of of Japanese pro wrestling or new Japan pro wrestling or wrestling in general. It's one of those things that I, I kind of lean to as a, uh, as a, as a foundation piece to be like, okay, watch this. This, this is something that you'll want to see, um, as, as you grow your pro wrestling fandom. So yeah, go out of your way to watch it. um, I think everything is great, and here's the thing: the the cool part about it is is that there are little nuggets all throughout. You'd be like, "Oh my god, it's him! It's that person and that person." Uh, that and you'll you'll find people that maybe you never saw before or heard of before
1: uh, that might become one of your new favorites. So who knows? So I got a bit of context from Manabu, who says that in the '90s there was a minor wrestling magazine called Bakuto Pro in Japan. Which featured roundtable discussion with junior rosters from different promotions like Liger, Sasuke, etc. And actually, it was Liger's wife, who's a hardcore wrestling fan, came up with the idea uh, for the discussion. And they talked about junior heavyweight wrestling future. And finally, all of them sort of dreamed up this junior version of an all-star wrestling show. And they were just paying lip service on on the magazine, and you know, people thought it was never going to happen, but. Liger brought that story back to New Japan and Choshu decided to go for it and do this Junior All-Star show. So that's how the first Super J-Cup ended up happening. So uh, there's a bit of historical context for you. So let's dig into some of the matches then. So the first one I watched was uh, Jishin Thunder Liger versus Haibusa, which, I mean, talk about getting things off with a bang. Starting off this tournament with... Like these incredible flying kicks and a tope from Hayabusa. The Sumo Hall crowd is red hot and I just think it's so cool that they did this at a big venue like Sumo Hall and I would love to see something like this today in a big arena, like one day tournament because last year the Super J Cup was cool but the smaller venues, they're not the same. They don't have that auspicious big match feel that uh, you have in this tournament. So for me, this is my first time seeing Hayabusa and first time I've seen quite a few of these guys and I, like I said I was really impressed by the, you know the high fly the work rate the athleticism even though this is more than 25 years ago it holds up so well today this was a really exciting uh, hot well paced opening match like the perfect way to start a tournament and yeah great stuff yeah that was the first round
0: so that match was actually the last match of the first round
1: ah uh, okay so, I'll put so that it backwards,
0: was the, then, <laughs> yeah. So that was the last match of the first round, um, and Hayabusa again was kind of—I don't think he was necessarily being groomed at this point as being like the next big FMW guy, but there was a lot of buzz around him, um, and this match with Liger, you know, kind of taking him to a, a, a certain limit, we'll say, um, and kind of taking everything he could from Liger. Helped make him kind of next leveled him, um, especially in the eyes of FMW people. Um, there is a guy online, and I forget his name. I think I want to pronounce it Bao B A N U or something like that. Um, he's a dude that loves uh, FMW, um, and if you Google something like that, he you'll you'll see about his trips to Japan. Um, and he was a massive. I mean, he probably still is. He still is uh, a massive Hayabusa fan. And keep in mind, this is pre-Hayabusa without the scars and the you know all the death matches that he was in. You know, so he's in.
1: He's he's looking young. The the body's not cut up yet. Uh, uh, it Sorry, it's the it was Hayabusa's first match under the character in Japan. Is that right? Okay, there you go.
0: So. Um, it, it, it this is this was kind of like, like I said like I said a bit of a of a kickoff a launch if you will for him um, and again I don't know if if even then they were like okay he's gonna be our next big guy at, in FMw but like the seeds were planted especially coming off of this tournament um, of him being at least elevated even coming off a loss um, sorry to be a spoiler Um it's you know it was really kind of one of those launching pad moments for that guy's career
1: all right i'll try to get the matches in order because i was just going by how they popped up on new japan world so i didn't realize that was actually the last match of the first round uh so the great sasuke and wild pegasus received buys in the first round so they weren't in the first round so we're going to see them next week but it says here the opening match of the event featured di Malenko against gado so um uh, we got to talk about Ghetto's outfit here because I don't know if you ever seen Little Brit. He looks like a Little Britain character, like Matt Lucas in a costume, like in a big chubby baby in a bright red ninja outfit, and he's rocking like a, a prototype top knot hairstyle. So that was the first thing that stood out to me. And as far as Malenko goes, I'm ashamed to say, David, that I I had no love for D. Malenko as a child watching WWF. What I do remember about him, one of the first times seeing him was must have been about. 2000, 2001 maybe Him in a program with Lita Where he was like some kind of creepy sex pest And he ended up losing In a singles match to Lita And I absolutely hated him But that probably says more about WWF booking But uh, it's just really interesting to see How influential both of these guys are now So uh, I mean, We know exactly what Gano's doing And Dean Malenko being uh, A very big name in terms of uh, Being a, I think he's a Road agent, some sort producer with WWE, is that right? Yeah,
0: I think he, I, I think he actually jumped ship to AEW. right? Oh now. yes, um, yeah,
1: yeah, of course he did. Right. He,
0: yep. Uh, uh, Dean Malenko is a beast, man. Uh, like, don't let that WWEF run spoil Dean Malenko. I'm going to promise you, I'm going to, I will sit here in as God is my witness, as 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 much as I'm canceling Jim Cornette. I am praising the great Dean Malenko in-ring. Go out of your way. His run in WCW was super strong. It was great. But his New Japan stuff, fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, and even his ECW stuff, Joel, if you go out of your way to watch some of that stuff, his stuff with Eddie uh, was was really great. His stuff with Benoit, his stuff with Tad, you know, all the, that whole mix um, was really good. So, yeah, he's one of those guys. Again, the, the biggest knock on him was like, you know, he didn't have a lot of charisma, and personality, blah 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 blah. I don't I think it's a horseshit really. I think it's I think the fact that he didn't have a lot made him great. Um technically one of my favorites uh Everything Meant Something, Everything Looked Like It Hurt. Uh, even the, uh, the 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 Malencos in um they had a a short tag the, both of them, Dean and um uh what was the brother? Um uh, fuck um, I'm losing my mind, uh, but they they, they did uh, tag team stuff for uh, all Japan as well um, in Joe. the early '90s. Joe Malenko, yes, um, they did tag team stuff in in all Japan. That was really good too. So again, don't I, I know? Isn't it weird how your first exposure to people really sometimes sets a narrative about that person um, moving forward. That's 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 hilarious actually.
1: Oh yeah, no, you mentioned it, Manabu recommended one of their matches to me. It was the Malenkos versus the British Bulldogs. Yeah, so that's one definitely worth checking out. I really enjoyed that one.
0: Yeah. Go back. That's that's gonna be some homework for you. If you're bored, remember Damon. D Malenko matches. Go back and watch. Uh yeah. And but yeah, how about Kato? He looks like a little chubby. Like it could have been more than twenty. It feels like, uh, and
1: he, I, you know, he he did pretty well for himself. First match, first round. Yeah, I mean, the order I watched these matches in, this one was a, a bit of a change of pace. But obviously now I know it's the opening match. But it it was a lot of really great map based grappling and hold, counter hold, submission holds, and the crowd really got behind Gado and and the near falls towards the closing of the match. And I did wonder about the finish because Malenko had the cheeky little kick out at three. I was w- wondering, it was like, oh, is that a botch or is he just, is he doing that on purpose? So I thought that was quite interesting.
0: Yeah, there were a few, weren't there? Like this, the first round had a couple moments where you're like, oh, like the Hayabusa match. Um, I mean, look, I'm sure nerves played a factor and I'm sure there were a lot of issues going on, but that closing stretch with the Liger match, Oh, it's st- like,
1: was, was it the shooting star press where the miss is he, supposed <laughs> to get out of the way? I mean, it looks like he drills him with his knees and then he just pops up, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then there was another spot where it looked like it was going to be like a reverse Frankensteiner thing off the turnbuckle that wound up just being Hayabusa landing on Liger on his back. <laughs> and that was a little bit of a fuck up. Uh, so, yeah, it did kind of get a little sloppy at the end there, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. It did seem like there were there were moments where people weren't on the same page. That's for sure.
1: Okay, so the next match chronologically was Super Delphin against Shinjiro Otani. You got to talk to me about the Super Delphin gimmick. It, is he supposed to be a dolphin? Is he a Super Dolphin? Because he's got yeah. the little dolphin on his mask. Yes.
0: Yeah,
1: he is a dolphin. Dolphin. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and Otani looks like a little Lego man with like plastic hair. But uh, yeah, again, it's like a different kind of match here. Otani going after Delphin's leg, that really nasty-looking way. There was a bit towards the end where he did a big drop kick to Super Delphin's knee, which it it looked like his leg just buckled. It was really vicious, and uh, the first of two tornado DDT finishes. There, these guys need to talk to each other, David. (laughs) Yeah, and it's
0: like Otani is—he's kind of weird. It's in a weird spot, I think, at this time in the company. Like he's young, lying, but he's not really uh, like f- I guess you could put him in like like almost like an in a hanare type of spot like equivalent um where he's young lion but he's not really a young lion and uh and 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 uh delphin he was liger's wife's favorite pro wrestler at the time um and and she was the one that pushed for him to get in this tournament from what I understand. Um, so that was a great job by her. Yeah, she was like the brainchild of this. She was a massive pro wrestling fan, apparently. Um, and and knew of Michinoku Pro and knew of all these other promotions um, and was able to get him in based off of
1: her love of his character. Yeah, I think we should point out as well that we've got wrestlers representing different promotions here. So... Delphin and Takamichi Noku were representing Michinoku Pro. Gedo was representing War. Haibusa and uh, Ricky Fuji (FMW) and Motegi was representing Wing. Is that right? Yes, I think that's the order. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would just love to see something like that today because the Super J Cup that we watched last year, for the most part, it's all full-time NJPW guys. So I just really love the idea of having a cross-promotional tournament and. Just the, the dynamics of that. It just makes it a bit more exciting, doesn't it? Uh, okay, so we have Takamichi taking on Black Tiger. Uh, Black Tiger, more famously known as Eddie Guerrero. So, just look at it. Taka hasn't really changed that much physically, has he? I mean, the haircut's a bit different, but he's, he's just aged like a fine wine. He's just a re- really youthful looking guy. Very envious of him. And this match was really hot. Black Tiger seemed incredibly over with the fans and I almost wondered watching it not looking at the, the time for the video if they were going to make it like a one minute squash match because he had so much momentum at the start and from Tacker, it was just a really incredible high flying like I've never seen him do stuff like that before and just looking at his presentation he just looks like the next baby faced junior ace of pro wrestling and there's a real uh, weightlessness about the way he moves just the execution of all these very difficult spots was flawless and you know, Black Tiger, you know, we know how good he is. He's just like a force of nature out there. Real impact to his moves, like a, you know, brain buster, the tornado DDT that finishes the match. Just just great stuff, Damon.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, these are all guys that You know, have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. And like, even a guy like Taka Michinoku, who worked for you know Michinoku Pro, um, he would he was get buzz at that time for being a guy who was you know, a f- unbelievable high flying wrestler. Um, so people would go out of their way to watch. Now, like Michinoku Pro was 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 a promotion that was heavily into the high flying stuff. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say like a lucha influenced, but they did a lot of dives, uh, a lot of aerial. So uh, and he was one of the younger guys to get buzz for being you know doing shit that you would never saw before in the ring. And Eddie was Eddie. Um, And he wasn't Eddie WWE, WCW pushed Eddie yet. Like he was, you know, him and Art Bar, um, you know, I think started. I I might get my timelines mixed up. But in Mexico, him and Art Bar uh, were a fucking massive tag team in Mexico. Like a really fucking great tag team. Um, So, again, Eddie... He, look, he probably had a chip on his shoulder, too. You know, and again, using this as uh, you know, just I would think as a pro wrestler and being and seeing the people that were going to be on this show had to excite a lot of those guys in the sense of w- I'm working with talented people. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on us, and maybe this can help us get better gigs. And that's got to. You would think that's a lot of the discussion in that locker room. Of all right, let's go balls to the wall. Let's fucking have great matches. Given the eight minutes or the ten minutes or whatever we have, um, and let's show people what we got. And and Eddie was one of those guys that, once again, was at that that level of Eddie with. I don't think there, there's much better than Eddie Guerrero with a chip on his shoulder. To show people and and healthy and uh, able to do shit in the ring like that's peak Eddie Guerrero to me Um, yeah this tournament really brought back some fucking great memories that's for sure
1: and the next match we had was El Samurai taking on Masayoshi Motegi again a guy who I've never seen before and just one thing that really stood out to me Watching this match in particular is that mid nineties aesthetic, where you got Motegi with his amazing mullet and El Samurai looking like something out like Power Rangers. You know, it's not like I was watching this stuff at the time, but there's something kind of nostalgic and, and quintessentially nineties about the whole uh, presentation of this. And uh, I was thinking, like, there might be some sort of tension between what I'm used to uh, as a modern day pro wrestling fan and the older stuff, like moves that don't get a big reaction these days that are just used as transition spots, maybe getting a bigger pop then. But in this match, Damon, we've got El Samurai doing a pile driver after about a minute to absolutely zero reaction. And he, he does quite a few pile drivers here. So I just found that quite interesting, the way that people talk these days of saying, oh, you know, the moves are not what they used to be. Oh, you know, Jake Roberts, DDT used to be a finisher, and now it's just a transition spot, blah, blah, blah. blah. But here, it works in the opposite. And But, I mean, even so, he's got an incredibly cool moveset, uh, El Samurai. But uh, this match was a bit strange. Neither of the guys seemed particularly over with the crowd. But, again, really cool stuff here. Like, the rolling Romero specials from Otegi was great. And, yeah, seeing some stuff that I've never seen before. And, again, I just love how they're all little 10-minute sprints for guys. Show what they're all about. Showcase their skills. And nothing else stays. It's welcome.
0: I always thought El Samurai was pretty awesome. Back in the day, um, he reminded me of a guy that would have like four cigarettes before you know his music hits and he's putting out the cigarette with, you know <laughs> with his foot as he's ready to go through the curtain. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if if it was lack of, I don't want to say lack of effort because that's the, because El Samurai had a, a run there. In, in right around that time, Joel, where he was the guy that was feuding with Liger, um, so he was he was pr- probably one of the more well known guys, uh, in that tournament. So uh, the, I like this match, I thought this match was actually one of my favorite ones of the first round. Uh, it wasn't my favorite. And I'll share that one. Well, probably the next one. Uh, it wasn't my favorite, but it was. I liked it. I th- I, th- I liked. Uh, I like both guys. I don't know what happened to what was it? What was his name? I'm sorry. Help me out. Montague? Yes. Oh. I, I legit don't know. Wh- wh- I think he fell off the face of the fucking earth <laughs> because because uh, I I I remember him in this and rewatching it, but I can't sit here and say that. I watched a million of his matches afterward. Um, I I don't know. I mean, is there a Wikipedia page on this guy?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it now, actually. Um, So, he's known for his background in karate, the innovation of the Roland German Suplex, staple of Big Japan Pro Wrestling, IWA Japan, and Wing, as well as Japanese independent promotions such as the Social Progressive Wrestling Federation. (laughs) wow
0: <laughs> he's he is he is grimy indie pro wrestling nice uh yeah i mean wing was whew, death match you know, pretty notorious for that so yeah i mean it's he, grimy uh grimy indies that's a good spot for him that's good good for him getting on that show god damn all right and then uh what we had one more match in the first round right
1: Yes, that's right. So that was Negro Casas against Ricky Fuji. <laughs> Ricky Fuji looks like a, a missing character from the Tiger King documentary that everyone's talking about. So again, it's just something a little different. You got that kind of lucha jave jave style. Um, I, I thought it was a good match. One of the least memorable for me, but um, good nonetheless. I love Ricky Fuji, dude. And
0: I so. Ricky, That was the first time I ever saw Ricky Fuji, and I just – I couldn't believe what I was saying. Like the the country music entrance, the long hair, uh, almost Bret Hart-esque, right, in his mannerisms. Uh, Like he just stuck out like a sore thumb in this tournament, and I will never not forget Ricky Fuji just based off of that. And you would see him in FMW matches. You would see him like in independent matches in tapes and shit. Uh, but he was all that one match or, or that one tournament actually, it just stuck out like a sore thumb. So fast forward to like I don't know, maybe three years ago. Japan, I mean Tokyo, and we go to this. We, we went. I think it was Wave or one of the one of the uh, ladies promotions. Um, and after the show, it's me. A uh, bunch of friends that that you know maybe like four or five guys. I think Est- Est- I think that was the first time I met Esteban um, at, at that at that wave show. We are like, whoa, whoa. Uh, this guy Arthur Lowenkamp um, was like, hey, uh, we're going to go to this fucking pro wrestling show in a basement, right? Uh, and they're going to have comedy and bands, and I don't know. You want to go? And we're, and we're like, you know, I'm a half-lit at this point. I'm like, yeah, we're fucking going. It's going to be great. Uh, so we travel. We took, like, three f- trains. We're in the middle of Tokyo. Uh, we go down. It's a club. Go down the basement. There's a ring, and, Joel, it's set up with chains, like like chains, like metal, like a chain for, as robes. And there's a bar, and there's, like, uh, strippers, I think, there. Um, And there's, uh, you know, just whole weirdness, right? And they have, like, some comedy guy, some comedian, and nobody can understand what he's saying uh, because none of us spoke Japanese, but we're all getting drunk. First match comes out in this ring made of, Chains, it's Ricky fucking Fuji, dude. <laughs> and I lost my shit. See, and Ricky, he walked right by me. right? Th- he's just walking through the crowd. There's probably 100 people, if not even 100 people in this entire building. There's probably 50 people in this fucking building. And he just walks right by. It is full, full gimmick, full gimmick. Uh, and I, I, I felt like I was in a fucking fever dream um It was one of the most memorable nights of my life, uh, seeing Ricky Fuji shoulder to shoulder with Ricky Fuji at this fucking basement in Tokyo.
1: It's a great story, Damon. Uh, so I mean, all in all, uh, nothing really earth shattering in the first round, but it's set the table perfectly for the rest of the tournament. It's given us a little taste of most of the guys. Nothing outstays It's welcome. It, it's a bit like being at an international buffet of junior heavyweight wrestling. You, you've done your first round of the buffet. You're just having a little bite of everything. And I'm just desperate to see more of this. I, I, it's really wet my appetite for the rest of the tournament. So I'm excited. And um, what was your fav- favorite match of the first round? Favorite
0: match? Um, I mean, Liger Hayabusa, probably, um, just for the names and the people and, and the way that it was presented. Uh, I like Dean and, and Ghetto. Um, I liked, I don't think there was any match that I didn't like, um, but yeah, I'd probably go in in those orders. Uh, the Ricky Fuji match, just because it was Ricky Fuji, and it just brought back so many memories. Uh, but I, honestly, if if I had to rate them, I would go Liger Hayabusa first.
1: Alright, so we'll be doing the second round next week, which will feature, uh, let's have a look here, second round... Or is it go straight to the quarterfinal? Oh, it's quarterfinals, isn't it? So we'd have uh, Ghetto against Super Delphin, Black Tiger versus Well Pegasus, Great Sasuke against El Samurai, and Ricky Fuji against Dujan Liger. So I'm very excited about that. So something for you to d- do some homework and ready for next week's show. Uh, all right. So some questions then. Uh, Discord Mix or Click says, I find it. In retrospect, terribly heartbreaking that the team Risky Business, Ricochet and Matt Sideout was broken up prematurely. In particular, I just rewatched the three-way with Red Dragon, Risky Business and The Young Bucks, and it's fantastic. Uh, this team and The Young Bucks helped form the core of Super cleat versus Risky Aerial Business from Bowler 2016, a match that made me fall back in love with wrestling. Damon, any memories of Risky Business?
0: They were, if I'm not mistaken first runner-up or tag team of the year at one point um, in our year-end award. So they, uh, yeah. I, I mean, we were hoping bigger, better things for them until uh, Matt got pinched. <laughs> um, we we, we would have loved it. I mean, listen, I'm sure the landscape would have changed anyway with, you know, WWE rating checks. But, yeah. I mean, they were... They were fun tag team. We, we we loved them. We absolutely loved them. Um, and, we, and we wish we saw more until things got fucked.
1: <laughs> Speaking of things getting fucked, uh, Loose Explosion Fart Cloud says uh, this is the big ask. Do you think New Japan would run the New Japan Cup and best of the Super Juniors at the same time? If it's feasible, I think it would be nuts. I don't think they do that. That would just be nah, thrown away money, and it'd be too much.
0: Yeah, just yeah. You're you're trying to squeeze. 10 pounds of shit in a 5 pound hole or a 5 pound bag, I don't know whatever, whatever shit analogy you're going to do and it's not shit, but you get my point you know, it's just you're trying to shoehorn it in and it just won't work
1: uh, Dr. Poodle Papa says how big of a missed opportunity is it not pushing Docky masks as a merch item right now during a viral pandemic now Damon, I was there with you in the room when you made your official pitch to New Japan about having wrestler themed uh, surgical masks yep. and w- 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 the company told us that it would be too expensive so yeah, it, it would it was cost just... more money to make them than
0: yeah they weren't going to be able to turn a profit on them at the yeah. time ah now now what are you thinking huh I should be running that fucking company I'm telling you I'm brilliant I am fucking brilliant I am brilliant we are brilliant yet here I am in my
1: underwear doing a fucking pocket <laughs> Okay, uh, let's dip into the Twitter backlog. Tiger Mask AJ says, "If I go on a week-long trip to Japan, how many strong zeros am I required to consume in that time?" Well, look, the rule is nine three. percent three tall boys for uh, uh, if you're going to a wrestling show. No more than that, because you've seen what happens if you consume more than that. Actually, you can have more than that, but you got to not before the show starts. You can bring them into the arena. And, uh, that's one of the great things I love about going to Japan is that. They seem quite happy for you to take uh open drinks at least into the arena. If I remember correctly, when Manabu gave me all the strong zeros, one of each flavour, uh when I was going through the security check-in at the dome, they <laughs> I think they were saying you have to open all of them and yeah them into the a <laughs> It's like okay, Trust I like me. strong zeros, not that much though.
0: yeah but we all looked at each other like alright can we do this (laughs) (laughs) Are we gonna fucking try this Uh, yeah better clearer heads prevailed on that one and then uh, yeah you were able to leave them there though right yeah like and then pick them up after the show
1: yes uh, that's right Uh, and also I think you've mentioned this in a recent episode do you see anyone leaving New Japan once their contracts are up do you see some of them wanting to make a jump overseas or move around in Japan Uh, it's difficult to even imagine what the pro wrestling landscape will be Once this is all blown over Because particularly in Japan I know Cyber Agent, there's been talk of them Absorbing more properties uh, And of course there's the spectre of NXT Japan Looming in the background And given that WWE must be Losing a fair bit of money at the moment Having missed out on a proper WrestleMania I don't even know if they still have the money To go ahead with something like that So there's just too many Uh, unknowns at this point for me to even guess about that. But what do you think? Do you think anyone is going to be leaving?
0: I think right now, I think a lot of people are just trying to fucking find some foundation, right? Um, I don't think, one, companies are going to be as urgent to sign as you might want or think. I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement around. Um, I unfortunately think we're going to see I think, I think a lot of promotions are in trouble, to be quite frank. Um, I think when this is all said and done, and not to be doom and gloom about it, but you, there's going to be promotions that are not going to last in this. Um, and there's going to be promotions that I'm not going to say are, are able to tread water, um, and they're, they're I don't I don't see anybody flourishing out of this let's put it that way. um this is gonna be a long, hard road for a lot of these companies so and a lot of pro wrestlers, let's be honest, like if you're a pro wrestler, you're not working. you're not you're not working. there are no shows to work. So I hope that you were frugal with your money because if not, this is this is going to be a tough road for a lot of independent contractors that work show to show, fly all over the world doing it. This is uh, this is going to be a little bit of a struggle time. So I don't I can't imagine anybody jumping anywhere. They're just trying to fucking get some solid ground under their feet.
1: Anwar Starwin says, based on only the current roster, who will be the big four? In 2023, for New Japan. But I mean, you'd have to imagine by that point. Well, I guess. Is Tanahashi part of the Big Four now? I don't know. Who's the Big Four who now? Who's who your Big Four now? Naito, Naito Okada, Okada. Ibushi, Jay White. Uh, yeah, Jay White or Tanahashi.
0: Yeah. Um. Like so, we're looking three years from now. Yes. You figure Okada's in that mix. You yep. figure Jay White is in. You figure Jay White is in that mix.
1: Yeah. Are we ready to put Osprey in that mix?
0: I mean, I mean, all roads point to him being groomed for that. Um. I would say yeah. I would say yeah.
1: Any chance of, let's say, someone like a Shota Umino having an explosive return and going straight into the top table?
0: Three years is a long time, right? In pro wrestling terms, three years is a long fucking time. I mean, that's, I mean, that's three dome shows under his belt, right? Theoretically, it's three dome shows. Look at Jay White in three dome shows. Just saying. So yeah, could be, could be one of those. I would hope it would be. Actually, I would like to see uh, new that that whole thing that we talk about with the grooming process and making stars and and making sure that people are put in positions and all that stuff that we talk about. Well, okay, that 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 would need to that would prove that concept perfectly, wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, I, I have no problem doing that. Say in three years, putting one of those guys in there. Why not? What the fuck? Let's do it.
1: And it would be great to see Hiromu considered as big four, even if he's not necessarily a heavyweight. If he has managed to elevate the junior division to the point at which he is considered one of the four biggest draws in the company, that would also be tremendous. All right, so D. Coom says, in what order do you think Tenzan, Kojima, and Nagata will retire? And when do you think each of them will? Uh, I, Tenzan's got to be met next, because he's barely mobile at this point, And I would say maybe around the same time next year, maybe next February, something like that for Tenzan. And Kojima and Nagata, I just think they still got more left in the tank. I think they've got... If they want to go out, not on top, but go out still on a high, like Liga did, I think for Nagata and Kojima, maybe another two, three years possibly? I mean,
0: maybe. I mean, you look at a guy like... Uh... Nakanishi. I mean, they all started at the same time. Like, r- like around 95. I was watching a lot of 95. New Japan. And to see Young Lions, you know, tag matches. Kojima and Tenzan against Nakanishi and... Um, trying to think of who... The, uh, it might have been Makabe. Um, kids. Fucking kids uh, in that ring. I mean, that's a long time. 95? That's a long time. So... Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm a betting man, I would say Tenzon might be next just because of his mobility issues and the, the ankle and the foot and all that shit. But, yeah, at 95. Go back and watch some of that shit. The, the, if you can get your hands on that, like I have on my wonderful hard drive. But, yeah, go back and watch. That's what they should put up. Put up some fucking career retrospectives of those guys uh, and go back and watch some of those matches. Look. I know it's easy for people, especially – here's here's where I go off on of my little rant here. You youngsters, it's easy to look back at history and kind of not hand wave it, but just be like, eh, it's, that was the past and it's already happened and I kind of want to just – I'm more worried about my time and my thing. And my, I get it I because I, I'm the same guy. I'm same guy. Um, go back and watch some – try and find some of that 95-era Nagata – and then work your way through Tenzan. Tenzan in uh, NWO. You know what I mean? Uh, Kojima doing his, uh, splitting his time between New Japan and All Japan. Really good fucking pro wrestling here, guys. Really fucking good pro wrestling. Um, I know you see them now as old, beaten, dads, all that stuff. Do yourself a favor. Go back and watch some of that stuff. It's good pro wrestling you'll love it
1: that was something that came up when I was doing my data analysis that I mentioned last week about looking at everyone's quote-unquote best opponent and a load of these matches popped up that I'd never seen before and it made me think oh I really want to check out this match you know I want to see what Tenzan's best match looked like or what Nakanishi's best match looked like so maybe when we're done with the uh Super J Cup stuff that could be something to dig into looking at you know the the best matches of certain wrestlers careers
0: yeah yeah that that might be a good idea I, and, and let's be honest that fucking project you did what an amazing piece of work that was dude you you knocked the ball out of the yard with that the best matches that that was really interesting really eye opening uh Kevin Kelly gave you a little love for that one he said he's going to use that that's nice uh you, you did a great job with that one.
1: Thank you. Uh, it was a labour of love. I enjoyed doing it. Maybe we can discuss it in more detail uh, another time. But uh, I think we've... Uh, I would like to give it the time it deserves because I'm, I'm quite proud of it as well. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll talk about that another week. Uh, next question from Violet Skipping says, assuming they're all sticking around and in the mix for the foreseeable future, how do you juggle Naito, Ibushi and Shingo, all 37, all 37? Okada, 32, White, 27, Osprey, 26, uh, before considering elevating the likes of Juice, Show or Zack Sabre Jr. in the main event picture. If ultimately they all get to the point where they all have a legitimate argument to be at the top of the promotion, who or in what order do you start to downcycle or allow them to leave?
0: Well, you figure some of them will, just by the nature of, of the business. Uh, right, we can't assume that every one of those people are going to be sticking around New Japan for the rest of their career, right? I think that would be naive, just given what we know of pro wrestling history. Look, I think it goes by... I, I will say this. The evolution of a pro wrestler can take many different shapes and many different forms. And again, a perfect example of that is watching 95, Nagata, and and Nakanishi, and, and Makabe, and, and Tenzan. And you... you One of the great things about New Japan Pro Wrestling is that you get to see that whole progression of, of, of where they go. It's, it's a very difficult question to answer in the sense of... Here's a great example. Look at Naito. Would anyone think Six years ago, eight years ago, Stardust Genius just coming out, that Naito would be the Naito that he is now. You know what I mean? Like things change and characters develop and comfortability increases and in-ring becomes more polished. Like to sit here and say Juice Robinson today is going to be the Juice Robinson of five years from now. I, I, you know, that's that's he's not. I wouldn't want him to be the same Juice Robinson that he is right now. I w- I want him to be something else, to grow and to be something else. He can still hold on to some some elements of who he is, but that change and that progression and that evolution of who he is in the ring. You you got to assume that's going to happen. What that looks like, I, I, who knows what that is. And who knows if it's going to fall flat on its face or it's going to fucking be a rocket ship to the stars. Don't know. But know that it will happen. And those changes occur all the time in pro wrestling. So that's a difficult question to answer, given all the people that you, you put in front of me. Um, I'm going to give you a solid who we don't know because Juice Robinson might become the hottest fucking guy in pro wrestling. Because guess what? WCW? Steve Austin? I don't think anybody was like, oh, he's a good wrestler, but he's going to be the number one guy in the fucking world and, and lead to a pro wrestling boom. Nobody said that. Nobody fucking said that. It just happened. It just fucking happened. And and something will catch fire and away we go. And I don't know if that's Juice. I don't know if that's Ren I don't know if that's fucking Toa Hanare. I don't know if that's uh, whoever—that's Jay White. I don't, I don't know, but it will happen because it, it, because that's pro wrestling.
1: The next question is from Quartz, who says worst merch. Oh no, we just did that one last week. Sorry, I forgot we did that. Um, Steele O'Neill says, if you were given the job of moving Sacro Genesis to a safe venue, like WrestleMania moving to the Performance Center, where would you choose? Uh, please don't answer seriously. So. My backyard. <laughs> uh, I would do it in the in the swimming pool that they use for all the porn films.
0: Oh, ooh, nice! Yeah, you know what's funny is that um, in some pornographic videos, um, you I I'm a big fan of looking at the the house and the, like like the the, the the furniture and like I know certain things. I like, can be like, ah,
1: look at those lovely French windows. <laughs>
0: I do, I swear got it, and it's like, oh, that's from Ikea, I, I know, I've seen that, I've seen that there, that's from there, like, I know things, it's funny. Uh, so that yeah. that so chair's I... not going to hold up to that
1: level of punishment, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, that, as, as the voices of wrestling uh, crew, the, the fuck chair, the fuck, uh, is that what they call it, the fuck chair?
1: Yeah, the fuck chair, <laughs> when you go to a hotel, you've got to have sex with all the different bits of furniture.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, there's there, there's there's that one chair that you know people just fucked on, and oh my god, unless you've got a now, newborn go,
1: baby and a wife who's had a cesarean section, in which case there there is no fuck chair. <laughs> there's a fuck nothing, <laughs> just the wanking uh, chair. <laughs> <laughs> How are you making out with that, by the way? How's how's that how's that
0: working? I didn't do the I didn't do the um I didn't do the toilet yet. I didn't do that yet.
1: Uh, yeah, some people have suggested the shower as well.
0: No, I I need I don't like wetness when it when it, when it happens. No. And no, you gotta no.
1: stand up to do that as well, so
0: Yeah, yeah. Dangerous. I don't have the stamina for that. Slippery. Yeah, I gotta lie down. <laughs> I gotta I gotta be in a sitting position. I can't fucking be standing that long. You gotta be kidding me. Uh do you, like soap? I don't wanna do that. Nah, that's gross.
1: No, wouldn't it.
0: Right. Get that in your little pee pee hole. Oh, ouch. No. <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up. I gotta get to work.
1: Okay, all right. Uh so in closing then please visit redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to throw some money our way uh, we <laughs> it would be very much appreciated during these difficult times discord link is in the show notes prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super j cast and please do get in touch if you can think of an alternate host for my scampi club t-shirt and massive uh, thanks to editor dan you can visit his twitter at uh, lousyhero219 Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-state review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. And goodbye.